Okay, so my take on that is potentially controversial. Music saved my life. The biggest problems in Zambia are actually at the top. Find the middle ground or switch all the way. There's living in purpose, and then there's making a living. Hey, this is Chilu Lemba. I'd been hearing a lot about Abel Black, aka the music superhero for a long time. Many musical artists credit him for being part of their musical success, and so we were looking forward to having him on the show. This particular episode is available on YouTube, search for Zed Flashback. The discussion with Abel Black was between him and Levi Salima. They go way back as well. It was a nice cordial chat and we got to find out more about the music superhero and got some deep insights into how the music industry works. It's been, um, I think, six. It's been about like five, six years yeah. since we, we met in person. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Nice to see you again. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you for coming, bro. Uh, to start this off, you know, you are one of the key voices in our industry that speaks with substance around issues affecting uh, artists and sometimes even just us as Zambians in general. So we mm -hmm. salute you for that. I I think I personally know I've personally known you for a long time, and I think your reach and your influence has grown so much that uh, you've come a long way. And we salute you for that. So yeah, thank man. you. Thank your you. flowers are here. We've given them. <laughs> you know. Thank you. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So. Uh, Firstly, on a bit of a harmonious outlook, uh, on your podcast, we we saw that you were interviewing or had a chat with uh, Paul Cruz, and yeah. you specifically spoke in Bemba the whole way. And we found that very intriguing that something like that, like that hasn't been done, at least on the modern digital space. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, ZNBC and like movie, oh, they've done that before, but like on yeah. this new wave of uh media it hasn't been done at least on a scale like that before so like mm -hmm. could you like guide us through that whole process was the bemba intentional yeah. and how was the conversation with paul cruz uh from your perspective okay so the idea came from i had a conversation with a friend of mine because we are content creators and we're always like bouncing ideas off each other so this one day i was like why don't we have like content in Bemba? Because if you look at the music in Zambia that actually gets proper reception, like if you're actually trying to communicate to Zambians, they resonate with the Nyanja, the Bemba. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why not cater like a podcast specifically for that kind of, uh, with that kind of direction. Mm -hmm. And then it was a thought for a while till eventually I was like, you know what, let me, let me actually do this. Mm -hmm. So this was a very random thing. So I was like, who's the easiest person to get today? I was like, Paul, Paul lives nearby. Let me check if Paul is available. So I called Paul. Paul was like, yeah, cool. You can show up. Mm -hmm. So I drove to his place. We shot. It was, it was like a one shot thing. It actually just made sense. It was a great experience. We resonated on a lot of issues and I feel like we had a very good uh, chemistry in terms of like how we both could like conversate both in English and Bemba because I think that's not a very common thing in Lusaka mm -hmm. yeah like there, there are issues where someone knows Nyanja and English you know Bemba and English yes, yes. but that was like a very easy thing to do for us okay yeah. no cool like we we saw it and uh, Uncle Chilo specifically loved it and he found it very intriguing like something like that has like hasn't been done in the digital space and like it was really cool so now Quite recently, uh, you were a, you tweeted or like uh, yeah you tweeted about the advice that you would 
give to <laughs> Mumpy. And the post received a lot of buzz, especially that you outlined like a well-considered step-by-step process of what she could do as a brand, etc. Mm-hmm. And all. So could you like uh, tell us what prompted that specific yeah. response? You know, because Mumpy wasn't trending at that time, mm-hmm. but then you just came out with that post in a way. So like, please yeah. just guide us through that process. Okay. So I've been, I've been. How do I? say this i've been creating content for a while for artists but then one thing i noticed was for example i have packages of management there's like the higher tier middle tier lower tier and no one has actually gone for the lower tier one despite it being like the cheaper option so i noticed one realization to say people are not serious we will never go for the option because that is meant for people who are sort of not serious so they they're actually not even serious enough to go for that option so only only the the like top one because people who think of that are actually serious so i was like i'm actually not making as much impact trying to solve small problems let me sort of elevate my focus to actually bigger problems in the industry because those are experienced by people actually taking this thing seriously so i was trying to rebrand i don't know if you've been following my socials so i'm actually even switching from orange to blue and even my content is sort of transitioning and that was like one of the things I'm supposed to be doing a lot more often. So the trigger as to why Mampi was the focus of that post is because I'm actually a fan yeah. and I was making a playlist. So there, there's a song she did called Featuring, I think featuring Frank Rowe. The song is called Featuring, then it features Frank Rowe. So it disappeared off the playlist. So it really bothered me because the flow got messed up. So I was like, what happened to this song? So I go on her profile and then actually noticed to say there's such a lot of disorganization going on on the profile. So I eventually tried to reach out to people that had her contacts. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find one at the time, then eventually got it from Sangatembo. Mm-hmm. But then the problem was I was in a space where she had a birthday around the same time. So I was like, if I call her now, yeah. this is like a weird time yeah. uh, to call someone about this. So I was like, maybe let me wait and then see if I could call or text her later mm-hmm. so i eventually forgot because life came in the way yeah. until when i was thinking of the rebrand i was like oh wait i never actually did that man yeah. thing it was actually originally supposed to be a video mm-hmm. so because of you know life and nice. not being able to shoot i was like let me just make a post mm-hmm. about this and mm-hmm. that's that's how that happens okay yeah Cool. Like it got quite a lot of buzz. Like people were speaking yeah. like positively on that, and then yeah. other people, obviously, you know, Facebook. There was a little bit of like uh, yeah. banter in the comments. But I think the the main thing that we were able to see was that it came from a point of like wisdom, in a yeah. way, and it wasn't anything spiteful, which I think is like a very thin line for like people to cross, you know. Mm-hmm. So you quite frankly did that pretty well. And now um you mentioned something just just recently i mean just now on like the the packages of the artists in a way mm-hmm. so um in a structured way could you please like guide us through on like how you create your your packages for the artists that you're trying to serve and like mm-hmm. from let's say you said the 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 premium like and then there's the mid and then there's mm-hmm. like the entry level uh, package yeah. in a way and like what yeah. type of artist is attracted to each of those layers of uh, the packages yeah. in a way. So I have a service called Managers for Hire. So oh. originally it was meant to be like a whole list of managers. Mm-hmm. We had some issues, but we've never actually launched it. So I'm the first manager mm-hmm. 
that's run under that particular program. Yeah. So how it works is it's a subscription service where you subscribe to be my client. I manage you for a length of time. I think minimum is like 12 months, then there's monthly subscriptions that you pay. So the top tier one is like a full-on management where you oversee the brand and everything. You can use your networks, uh, whatever resources I have access to. Like if I'm a designer, I can... Yes, put in all my, yes, my, yes. my resources and skills into that. The second one is more of overseeing. So you can sort of guide them, uh, come up with plans together, but they have the responsibility of executing yes. those said plans. Yeah. The lowest one is more of a consultational thing. So when they have need for advice, professional opinions on a decision they're trying to make or a repositioning of their brand and stuff like that, they ask you questions, you re respond it's like an ongoing consultation. So those are the three packages. So normally, I've never actually gotten one for the lowest one. Mainly it's the mid one. The top one gets the most. Yeah. I've, I've, I've always seen more people getting the mm -hmm. top one. Because yeah. I think it adds more value to it, you know, when you see it yeah. like that. Because on the even like on the artwork creation process mm -hmm. as well, I think your skill as a graphic designer has obviously come through in that aspect. Because yeah. there's a lot of like, uh, no shots fired, but there's a lot of mediocre like artwork that's just put out there. And like as a designer myself, yeah. I always see it like, mm, this just took 10 minutes to do. <laughs> You know, this was just like a Photoshop filter here. You just got yeah. the, whatever font you found in the library and you just took a picture and then you put it out there. But I there's one project, um, was it artwork that you did specifically that, and I think I wasn't in the country at the time. So like you were my lens into like what's going on here. Mm -hmm. I think it was for this girl. Is it, uh, I don't want to say her name wrong because like it was, looked like I don't, I don't really pay attention. Is it Ke Kesha? Ke Keisha. 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 Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It had that whole flower, uh, not flower, like feather thing. I don't know if there was a bird involved somewhere there. That was like 2018 somewhere there. Anyway. But yeah. yeah, that that artwork to me, like, it was so unique to mm -hmm. me because, like, I wasn't in the country, so I I didn't even know her. But, yeah. like, when I saw that artwork, I was like, oh, who is she? What yeah. is she doing? And it was like, it had, like, this dark, almost, like, look to it. And I was like, oh, is she a goth girl? Oh, okay. I think I know that. You remember yeah, it now, yeah? yeah? That should yeah. be the K K K K Kisha's, sorry, Kwesi's daughter EP. Yes. Yeah. That one. Like, that was yeah. so interesting to do. I mean, like, to, to observe in that perspective yeah. and... Yeah, bro, that, that was really cool. So now um, there's a saying that uh, you can take at you can take what you can take a horse to the river, but you can't force it to drink. Yeah. So in that context, like you you offer a lot of advice and all, but mm. is it received well by the people you intend it for? And mm. what sort of like emotional journey do you go through during that whole feedback session when you're giving people advice? Okay. So when I started making content, I was making it for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't need any feedback or approval. I was doing it because I was an artist once. So the mindset was when I needed this, what would I have wanted to know? Mm -hmm. So I was pretty much writing it like for the younger, when I, when I was still an artist, like what would, what would I have needed to know? And if anyone is in those same shoes, this, this is, is what they the need to know. Yeah. And I was doing it for free for a while, but I think I noticed to say, the reception in, in in the use of the information was, I think, slightly, how do I put it? It's like you're offering something for free, but when you charge, that's when they actually take what you're saying seriously. But it's the same thing that you offer for free. But when you wow. charge, you're like, 
So I actually started adding a bit more of a cost to the access of the information. And then one thing I noticed was there were two types of people. Yeah. There were those people that couldn't access me fully. And it would be a situation where I meet them on the streets. They're like, yo, your thing changed my life. Like the thing. And you don't even remember what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like I said, there are those people that actually pay to access the information. Mm -hmm. And I see how Impactful it actually it is, applies yeah. to their careers and, and see the change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now, like, um, is there, like, let's say, like, an artist that who's, like, in the mainstream who, like, you've mm -hmm. given a piece of advice and you've seen it being implemented in a way that, let's say, maybe you've never even thought that they would do it that way? Mm -hmm. Like, could you tell us, like, an artist who, like, you've done, like, something like that for? You don't need to drop yeah. the name, but, like, just, like, did they... That implemented it in a way that I didn't see it or that just implemented it? That just implemented it, rather. I think... Well, I mean, there's there's probably no problem in saying that. I think the the name, I think that obviously comes first is Esther Chungu. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Esther is one of the most, I wouldn't say humble, but she's... No, she is. She is. Uh, yeah, that that she is, is she a quality is, she, she possesses. But in this aspect of complying to actually executing out maybe core wisdom, I think yes. she she's yeah. wise enough to, to know, to, to learn and pick up when... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So she did, mm -hmm. she did apply something we had worked on and it actually... Bear, bear quite significant fruits. So now, like, yeah. uh, speaking of, like, local artists while we're still here, are there mm -hmm. any artists that are doing things right now that you admire, like, from the perspective of, like, let's say their branding, their music, their prof professionalism, mm -hmm. and any other things in between? Okay, so Tilo, 76 Drums, Mumbachi, um... Where are the other names? But I think these guys immediately stand out for mm -hmm. me because mm -hmm. just how they there's a there's a significant difference between a an everyday person mm -hmm. and when you see an artist. And for me, these guys, when I see them, I see the artists. They don't look uh -huh. like everyday people. The way yeah. they carry their yeah, sound, yeah. they don't necessarily sound like they are trying to fit into a trend, but they do know how to adapt to the times. Also, uh -huh. yeah. Uh -huh. So those guys like really. What do you think of the 76 drums, like, uh, music video, in a way? I think for... Because, you know, that guy is an, technically is an upcoming artist. Yeah. So the amount of detail and excellence he puts to, like, even just his styling, I think it's exceptional. Like, yeah. you would expect people to be, like, on level, whatever, to start doing things like that. But he's, from the jump, putting in that, that kind of input. Was he on your radar before that video dropped? Because, like, to me, yeah. it caught me, like, off guard. Like, my, my good friend, Mapalo, like, yeah. I was sitting next to him at, like, work. And then he was like, yo, bro, have you seen this video? Yeah. You know, and he was looking at it from, like, the VFX perspective where I was like, yeah. this, how did they do this in Z? You know, so, like, what, what yeah. really stood out to you about that whole yeah. thing? And was he on your radar? He was on my radar. I think I'd come across him three songs before that. Really? Yeah. yeah. So there's a song called, I think, Unleashed, mm -hmm. where he features a girl called Kondwani. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I liked how his styling was done. No, actually, mm -hmm. I, knew, I, knew, I knew about him from a cypher with Muzengaman, where he was going against uh, Musepera Crown. But yeah. it's only when he did his solo work that I actually noticed, like, he actually was an exceptional artist. Like, mm -hmm. okay, this guy is different. Yeah. The sound was different. The way he was attacking the beat was different. Mm -hmm. Then the styling was different. So I actually did a post where I was addressing stylists, mm -hmm. and he was one of the examples I gave mm -hmm. of how stylists should, like, 
change the the the, the perception that an artist portrays to the public mm, mm. and so on and so forth. So when I saw his second video, which was um, similar similar style of like CGI and stuff like that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think this new one is now the one that like really. Like the CGI well was like well yeah. put together, yeah. yeah. Okay, but all the videos are exceptional. That's okay. one thing I'll say. Yeah. Okay, no, that's cool. Yo. So, uh, for instance, like in this case, like you operate at the intersection of creativity and commerce, and you've mm-hmm. got a lot of you give a lot of good intel nuggets about how to make money in the music business in Zambia. Mm-hmm. Which areas are the most lucrative for Zambian artists, and is it feasible? And is it feasible over time? And what sort of legitimacy can they add to the, as they're making their money in a way? Mm-hmm. Could you like just. So the money, yeah. the money is in, I think the three major ones are mm-hmm. streaming, mm-hmm. Uh, collaborations with like brands, which could be influencer work or an actual endorsement. Mm-hmm. And then there's what you call a brand ambassador, where you have a specific individual who's the face of that particular brand. Mm-hmm. There's events. Mm-hmm. And I'll add in a fourth one, which is merch, but it's not it's not a big thing in Zambia right now. Yeah. But so streaming, the way streaming works is the more you, the bigger your catalog, the more money you make. So you can't mm, you can't expect to yeah. make so much from one song, but the more songs you have. So I'll I'll put it in this way: one times one million is one, one million, million, but yeah. one million times one. Mm-hmm. is also one mm-hmm. million. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say by that is one song would have to be streamed one million times mm-hmm. to make one million. But one million songs would just need to be streamed once to get wow. the same results. Yeah. So the yeah. bigger your catalog, the more albums, the more you're, you're able to make revenue from your music. Because I see people drop three singles, they look at the figures, they're like, this stuff is not working. No, you need to have like a proper catalog yeah. of songs and albums. And then for the endorsement, mm-hmm. um, brand deals and influencer work and that kind of stuff. I think that one is more on management and branding. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a proper manager and proper branding, you won't really see the results of that. But if you position yourself well enough, I think even someone like 76 Drums, the way he's carrying himself, I think easily, Mm -hmm. if he has proper management now, that's something that they could easily do. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people that make great music, but their branding isn't so well put together. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. for corporates to get like interested in those people Mm -hmm. it takes like a really good manager to make that work but yeah events um commonly i think a lot of people go to festivals yes but i think we need to move into for the sustainability aspect of your question we need to move in where artists have their own shows like you know chef does something in june you know chef is doing something in december but i think it's always him going to someone else's event and, and festivals and stuff like that so those are like the main money making so now like it's um on on the merch bit i think that's the interesting thing um why don't you think it's as big as it is elsewhere in the world compared to zambia because the biggest problems in zambia are actually at the top explain like if you go deeper papa (laughs) yeah like if you look at the spotify profiles the youtube profiles you find the younger artists have exceptionally organized themselves if you look at the bigger artists, you find that the, the disorder, the disorganization is like way more prominent up there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Younger artists, I think, know better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of in, in information from the internet and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think the problems are usually on, on, on the bigger artists. Like if you look at things like Boomplay, Spotify, yeah, bigger artists should be saying stream everywhere. 
it shouldn't even be like let's push Boomplay because people can access it for free and Zambians. No, it's your responsibility to educate your audience to actually use the right platforms. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be you adjusting to conform to the to most the norm, or easiest yeah. e- easiest mm-hmm. path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you look at merch, it's people like your maps, Slap D, Mikey that have the biggest chance of actually making it work. Yeah. But they're the ones that are actually not doing it. I've seen yeah. Natasha Chancer do that. I've seen uh, a number of younger artists yeah. do it. But actually, my my uh, yeah. sorry to cut you short. My experience of like an artist merch who like I really wanted was mm-hmm. Pompey. Like yeah. when he transitioned into like being like on the gospel uh, side of music, like mm-hmm. there were these shirts that he did, oh, the yeah. Mizu, yeah, yeah. the Mizu shirts. And then right now, the Pole Pole like jackets yeah. with like the African print. I was like, I need that right now. But I think it's just like the next question after I need it is where can I get it? Yeah, they're not you know? mass produced. You know, that's the yeah. thing. And quite recently, I think just shout out to Tim, a uh, friend of the channel. He, I met up with him like just, just like around Lusaka and he was mm-hmm. wearing the, the, just, just, it was just a white t-shirt mm-hmm. with the name of the album, Sonde. Yeah. And it looked so nice. It looked like something that belongs in like Zara or like H&M. And, all. and I was like, yeah. bro, I want that T-shirt. And yeah. he told me like, anyway, they're sorting out the whole merch thing. Like he said in like the next two, three weeks or so. So like yeah. that's actually one of the few opportunities that yeah. I actually want to mm-hmm. uh, like dive into like with a with an artist's uh, merch in a way. Yeah, because merch, if you really think about it, back when we still had CDs, the price of merch price of a cd if you factor in the production costs i think you might even make more revenue and profit from a t-shirt than, mm, than mm, from CD. true true 100 yeah. percent. so now like you you mentioned uh boom play which yeah. of course is like uh, a hot topic and you know like uh some people sing high praises about the platform and some uh industry shareholders have have been branded as like you know a part of the system yeah. so uh, you've made your position known around your concerns uh Considering like a boom play. Mm-hmm. So um, where in the Zambian landscape do you think the conversation will go with regarding boom play? Because for me, yeah. uh, I'm a bit of a snob. So like when I hear like yeah. you play a music on boom play, I look at you with a side eye. I'm like, bruh. Do you guys have play-by-play lyrics? Like, does it have, like, that concert feature where it says, like, where your artist is playing concert? Do you concert? see album artwork? You see, like, things like that. Yeah. So, like, where do you think the conversation around Boomplay is going to go, like, yeah. in the Zambian context? I think Boomplay is, like, a necessary evil. Mm. I think it hel- it helped us express important points that would not have come up if people didn't gravitate towards it. So it was a learning moment for a lot of artists and it's like there's a book there's a proverb in the bible that says mm-hmm. a simple man will wait to to encounter the problem but a wise man will see it from afar and move away mm. so i think this is one of those scenarios where if you don't see the problem you will eventually come across it and then you see like oh so this is what they were talking about and i feel like a lot of people right now the artists they've actually seen some of the problems and a lot of them are now diverting to doing like mm-hmm every streaming platform uh releasing on every streaming platform yeah yeah. as compared to before because there was this excitement from nowhere where no boom play boom play exclusive exclusive some didn't even understand that people doing exclusives were getting revenue or some kind of incentive they thought just doing an exclusive had a benefit in 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 in, in of itself Mm. which was like the ignorance aspect of things so like i think now Especially with this major problem with Boomplay where they delay even for like a year before you get your royalties. 
What? Whereas these other platforms, every month from the first three months, we get royalties coming in. So I think people are now realizing to say, oh, so there are some issues. So it's not as glorified as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see the conversation going to a point where it will still be a major contributor in Zambia. But I think more people will start diverting to these other platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. Okay. And uh, for instance, like uh, another uh, shameless channel plug. So... The Z flashback, we've had guests like, uh, for instance, we've had El Mukuka, we've had Sebastian Dutch, we've had the the creative natives, the the duo, mm-hmm. and they've discussed the evolution of, of the of house music as as a genre in Zambia, mm-hmm. in a way, and the journey that they've had, and also taking like the Zambian like house music to the world, like Sebastian, who like I'm sure you've heard, he's traveled, yeah. he's done all of these things. So, what are your views on house music? in zambia and how do you think it can like almost change this trajectory to go international in in that aspect since international is like a trending word like what are your views on like house zambian house music going out there um i think house is like the easiest yeah it's actually the easiest one to go international because of the nature of like how it flows it works through festivals so even the money generation is actually easier or Mm -hmm. faster using those uh, genres. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's still a niche in Zambia, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I unfortunately I don't see the Zambian mainstream accommodating it to the level where these other genres are, mm-hmm. unless these guys begin to integrate the mainstream acts, like say Sheffy with El Mukuka, mm-hmm. maybe Makitu on a Sebastian Dash. Yes. Those collaborations where there's a middle ground, not mm-hmm. like all the way or all the way this yes, side, but like yes. a middle ground for both their genres to coexist. I mm-hmm. think that's where maybe, the, like if you if you look at Mumbaiachi, right? Mm-hmm. Mumbaiachi has a different genre and sound from everyone else. Yes. But when he collaborated with Slap D, that was like the song that introduced Mumbaiachi fans to Slap D and yes. Slap D fans yes. to Mumbaiachi. Like a crossover, basically. Yeah, so that yeah. kind of approach, I think for EDM and house music is what needs to happen for it to get a bigger audience in Zambia. But to be honest, I don't think they need an audience in Zambia. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. global stage is way bigger for that sound. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. And you know, just to, to like on a different genre, like mm-hmm. or on a different genre in a way, like we've also had people like uh, Chandambao, who I think mm-hmm. he's appeared in two episodes, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we had the uh, Young Verbal and Critic as well. And for instance, on their episode, the main, one of the main key points that they said was that there's a lot of like struggle on like English, like rapping in English in the Zambian like uh, music space. And for instance, like, what do you think, uh, what are your thoughts around that whole, like, I'm an English rapper in Zambia and this is like my flow and all as compared to like, let's say the guys who like rap in like the local lingo Mm -hmm. in that way. Okay. So my take on that is potentially controversial because a lot of artists with that, without the E artists with the E would understand. So the thing about music is that it's a business. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing business, you need to understand your customer Mm -hmm. and the customer is always right in mostly Mm -hmm. every business, except Mm -hmm. in music where some people feel a type of way about it. Mm -hmm. But generally the way this thing works is if you know your audience prefers something Mm -hmm. that should be the thing that you offer them. So, like, for example, in a number of random Zambians, because they that I get in this particular case. But if I'm using English, it means I'm trying to reach a different audience. So, if you're looking at 
becoming bigger in Zambia and you've noticed that Bemba and Nyanja are the things that resonate with the people, mm-hmm. I think the wisest thing you could do is find the middle ground or switch all the way. Shefi, some people don't understand this. Shefi can rap in English, but he had to drop that. Zone Farm was lap, rapping exclusively in English until they started combining Nyanja and Bemba, and yes, then they had more then, success. Yes, I so remember, it's just yeah. about understanding the business aspect of it and knowing the customer is a major aspect of what you're doing. You shouldn't do it in isolation to say, let me do my thing, then throw it out there and see what happens. Yeah. If you listen to Tim's uh, album, I'll, it's, I'll not, co- it's it. not completely English. He yeah, throws in yeah, those yeah, things because yeah, he knows yeah. the audience will resonate yeah, with yeah. those things, and that's just how... Yeah this thing works on the note of numbers uh, quite mm-hmm. recently spotify released the the wrapped the yeah. spotify wrapped i think for me my most uh uh like streamed artist was like post malone like he he's his mm-hmm. album like really like just hit home for me yeah. and a, and we saw like on like facebook for instance a lot of artists were sharing their numbers and mm-hmm. one artist or a few artists well we were we were surprised like oh this is the number of yeah. numbers you're able to reach in a way. So like, what was your thought process when you were seeing the Spotify rap numbers that were coming out from our local artists? For me, I think the major uh, aspect was how much we've improved. Yeah. Because Spotify before, when was that? I don't remember exactly, but there was a yeah. point where even 100 streams on Spotify was an achievement because yes. there were so little Zambians so yeah. few Zambians using yeah. the platform. Mm-hmm. And I think we've gotten to a point where even your maps, I think, is getting like 100K yes. just on Spotify. Yes. Yes. And I can only hope that we grow mm-hmm. more because that's like the global mm-hmm. platform that can actually be used as a reference when we're trying to like engage with other people from other countries to say, this is how... Um, this is how good my numbers are. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can't you can't use certain platforms because they are specific to certain regions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And conversations mm-hmm. don't seem to make sense. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, we we have really improved. If you look at Killer, Killer was like in the millions. I think people like um, Pompey, I think also was in the millions. Yes. yes yeah, yes, so the, the numbers have like really gone up. It's, it's a very big improvement. So now, like, uh, do you think that musicians who aren't curious about things like branding, tech, new media, run the risk of being left behind? Or can they still continue enjoying success if they have a team handling that aspect? I think any any musician with an audience Mm -hmm. has a chance. But I think there are certain opportunities that you miss out on if you enter late. Mm. Like, for example, TikTok, I think there was a point where if you joined early enough, you'd enjoy the success of the millions of views. But now it's harder to get in. So there are certain opportunities like those where it's time sensitive. But I think any, even like Danny, for example, Danny Kaya has an audience from a different generation to what's trending now, Mm -hmm. but he's still getting like good numbers from the old music on. Like if you check his Spotify wrapped, Mm -hmm. the numbers were in the hundreds of thousands and that's Spotify. So as long as you have an audience, you could um, improve in a way that it still starts to benefit you, Mm -hmm. but there there will be certain opportunities that if you don't enter early enough, you miss out on those opportunities. And you know it's 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 uh it's interesting you 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 spoke about uh Danny Danny Kai I, last night uh we I was at uh, like a like a work function where he was the artist he was like he was like one of the main artists and like it was interesting to see that 
I think my generation, like we were like few, like people like 30 or lower. Yeah. We like, we were vibing to the music, you know, we were like, oh yeah, I remember this song. My mom used to, my dad used to, yeah. but like the, the OGs, they were <laughs> losing their minds over like, you know, like yeah. uh, Kaya over like Johnny and, and so on. And so, yeah. and at that moment I was like, what sort of impact would that generation have had if they had like a Spotify or if there was a more streamlined mm -hmm. form of like earning an income from that yeah. in a way. So like, I could only imagine like what they could have done for like that. If, if these platforms existed then yeah. in a way. And uh, I mean, they exist, they exist now. So I think the smartest yeah. thing was the transition. If they were adapting with the times, I think there was a time where they took a backseat Yes. A lot of them felt like, you know, we've done this music thing long enough. Mm -hmm. Let's just chill. Mm -hmm. But I think that was like the bad or unwise move because they should have kept on going and transitioning with the times. Yeah. So even when Spotify and Apple Music eventually came to Zambia, they should have been like, oh, yeah, my music is also on mm -hmm. these platforms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of them were slow to adapt. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it, which you've highlighted with your point, is the generation that your audience is found in, once those people let me use the word die off, mm -hmm. your chances of gaining a new audience die it's, off yes, also. Yes. So whilst you still have that audience, that's the best time to now transition to the newer generation before your original fans, yeah, disappear. So now like, uh, how can, like for instance, how can a Zambian music or Zambian musicians get to a place of success? And how would you define these things that we can quantify as markers of success? The word success, I think, differs. Yeah. I think for me, like everyone has their own definition. Like yeah. some people want a Grammy, mm. whether they make financial success mm -hmm. as part of the journey, that's that's like a byproduct. They just mm -hmm. want a Grammy. Others just want to live, survive, make a, make a living of their music, whether mm -hmm. they get a Grammy or not, that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone has a different level of success, but I think sustainability for me should be a common ground. Mm. What you do should sustain itself and shouldn't require something else. Like a lot of artists that are thriving today, um, I think a good number now can sustain their careers with the music, but I think there was a point where you, need, you, needed, like, you needed like a day job alongside yes. the music yeah, because yeah. otherwise it wasn't yeah. going to work out. But I think mm -hmm. we've at least gotten to a point where it can sustain itself. Like I don't think Chef 187 is doing anything else. I don't think yeah. Maki 2 even needs to do anything else. Mm -hmm. Even though they can, they don't need to. Don't it's an optional to. thing yeah, now. Yeah, so yeah. I think success for a Zambian would be where the music is sustaining itself. Mm -hmm. And like I said, those three main markers, streaming, events, uh, brand deals, and like mm -hmm. the, the fourth one of merch and stuff like that. Having those as an integral part of what you do to the point where they now su start sustaining you, mm -hmm. I think that is what success success for me is. Yeah. Is is there a thing as too much success? Because quite recently, mm -hmm. uh, one of our top, 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 top boys mm -hmm. was called into question by the Anti-Corruption Commission. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard that news, I was like, he does shows on like a regular basis. He's been yeah. traveling. He's like, like even I, I did just like basic math. I was like, if yeah. he gets this much from a show, which I think is like the range that, that caliber of his artist does that times yeah. six, it's fairly reasonable that he could afford that lifestyle or like that vehicle. Yeah. 
And it was, I found it rather like, almost like insulting in a way. And when I was going through the comments, one of the comments was like, I think these ACC people think that artists now have a lifestyle of what the older artists did where like they're struggling and mm-hmm. all of that. So like, I'm, I'm very interested to, 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 to ask you like, what do you think about that whole thing? Well, it's, it's almost like he's being prosecuted for being yeah. too successful <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So what, like, what do you think? Yeah. I think, I think to some, I've gotten like more context over the matter. So yeah. there's certain sentiments, <clears throat> there's certain sentiments I had before that I mm. don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, I did feel that way. Like, just because someone... It's almost like these guys work on a, on a premise to say, if it looks a certain way, then there has to be something going on. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of people that are worthy of the investigation that are not being investigated because they don't look like they are worthy of being investigated. But mm. because he looks like this car, how come? They are they're now investigating the guy, but they clarify it to say blah, 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 blah. But the point is, I think... Um, Success shouldn't be like the the basis for being investigated. Mm. It discourages people from wanting to be transparent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things, if you notice in Africa, on the Forbes lists, and yes, all this, yes, we don't yes. show up because no one, yeah. people feel insecure to know or for people to know that they have a certain amount of money mm-hmm. because... Okay, some people, it's maybe family. They think the family will now know that they have money. Like mm-hmm. if you've seen people that win the lotto. Yes, they all of them have Yes, they yeah, hide because, their identity. Yeah, yeah, so I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. That's the problem in Africa, which we kind of have to evolve past because it limits the kids from knowing the possibilities of what these things can do for them. Because if they don't think it can make you live that kind of life, certain people won't pursue it. They would yeah. rather go be a doctor or something because they think that's what, that kind of life mm-hmm. should come from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, okay, well, we're almost at the end. And uh, this yeah. is like on a personal note, mm-hmm. I've known you to be, uh, firstly, let me just scratch that. We've known each other for almost, I think, 10 years now. And when we interacted, I know you, I knew you as a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. And I still think you're a beast of a designer. I mean, like, if you look at the branding that you do, that you put up, just even, like, for yourself, like, if I was an artist, I'd be like, I want to work with him. Like, if his logo looks like that, if his daily post looks like that, then he obviously mm-hmm. he knows. So, like, could you, like, tell us about how you built that life? And then now the life that you are living now is almost, it almost feels like a transition between two worlds. So, like, how yeah. do you balance both being, like, a like an, a daily active creative in like the design space and then almost like being a father of an industry here where you're giving advice and all, and advice mm-hmm. can only take you so far. So like, please just yeah. like drop some nuggets for us, boss. <laughs> yeah. So there's living in purpose and then there's making a living. Mm. Music saved my life, like literally and metaphorically and whichever way you think of it, yeah. that's, that's just my background. So uh-huh. for me, music is like the North star mm-hmm. i'm always if there are two options one involves music one involves something else i always by default i'll pick the one that involves music because music for me is like that thing that mm-hmm. is part of my purpose mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. when design came in it actually came through the music that i was doing i was trying to make artwork for what 
of what we were producing and releasing yeah. and eventually got into an industry that, that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And this is something I've never, I think, spoken about on camera. So I went to Unza to, to study computer science. That's where I, I got like a lot of the tech stuff yeah. that I know and, and, and so on and so forth. But I didn't actually finish because the passion that I was following that led me there when we were learning, I couldn't see how the things could be applied in a practical sense. Mm -hmm. It was more theoretical and it felt like a waste of money. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I was like, let me, let me drop out and leave this behind. Mm -hmm. So when I left, um, the next source of income, cause I know I could, I knew I couldn't go back to my parents and say, I, I, I left uni for, mm -hmm. for what? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> there was an interview that was coming up with a certain agency and that's how I got into design. Mm -hmm. So design for me was like making a living, but music has always been my calling and purpose. So even when I do things like associated with music, it's not like a job. It just feels natural and you, part of yeah. what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Design is the means, I would, I would say. And if something else comes up, it might become another thing, but music will always be that thing that always stays. So even transitioning, I wouldn't even say transitioning. I've always been in the music space. It's just that what I express or show publicly maybe is what may have transitioned. So wow, music yeah. is always, yeah, it's always a space that I'm strongly passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answers the question. No, it does, man. Yeah. It does, man. It does, man. It's, uh, it's, I'm, I'm so proud to see you come all this way. I mean, we, we shared uh, a desk <laughs> at work. We got shouted that together. We gave late nights together. So me yeah. uh, having this opportunity to just chat with you now, like brings me so much joy and hope. And uh, I really wish you the best in everything that you do do. Thank yeah. you, man. It's yeah. been, it's been an honor to be, Featured. Shout out to Chilu. I mean, even Chilu knowing my name, I think is an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> you made it, bro. You made it, bro. <laughs>